God is good all the time. Amen. I'm excited. Well, last week, last Sunday, was the first Sunday that I had not been here for a little over two months. I did not backslide, okay? I did not go to another church. But obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? So he told me to stay at home, but not just to stay at home, because I had been about my father's business. Amen? So a couple of really exciting things happened. Dreams, words for me, whenever the Lord would have something to say, he would always give it to me through the word. So during this time, I had gone on a fast, an eight-day fast, from September 1st to September the 8th. And I wrote down, you know how you write something down and you just kind of glance at it, but you, I said, Holy Ghost, you in charge, not me. So what happened after I went during this fast, a awesome woman of God, she said to me, Sandy, have you ever dreamt about Michael? And um, you know the story I've told you all about Michael and his struggles and the schizophrenia, the drug addiction, the homelessness. So I says, you know, the only time that I ever dreamt about my sons were when they were little, not when they were grown men. That very same night, you know how I get. I had a dream about Michael. Now listen to, this time has been such an awesome time for me. But in this dream, Michael was in a group of guys, like they were hanging out. And he was in the middle of the group. And a man came, man came in. I say he was an angel. And he went in the midst of the group of guys and he took Michael gently by the shoulder, by the arm and pulled him out. That was so encouraging to me because God said, what I had promised you will happen. He pulled him out from amongst them and separated them. So when I woke up that morning, I was like, wow, that was so encouraging. Like to know, no, I have not forgotten Michael. Have not forgotten Michael. So during that time also, I'm gonna skip a little bit and I'm gonna get back to Michael in a few minutes. I had been challenged about medication. The only medication that I, would, that I was taking for I would say about 10 years with high blood pressure pills. And you know, God wants us, he wants us in perfect health. 
not to take any medication. So then it, it started stirring in my spirit about taking, about stepping out in, in faith. But you know, when you take something for a long time and the doctors tell you, you know, you take high blood pressure medication, you're gonna have to take it the rest of your life. And cause I had a stroke some years back. I don't smell no smoke, okay? And um, so I, that was like in the back of my mind, right? So this was on a Sunday. I made up my mind. I said, I have to know that God wants me to do this and not of my own because I heard a word about, you know, coming off a of medication. So this was on a Sunday and I had made up my mind that, okay, I'm done. I'm not taking any more medication for high blood pressure or anything. And um, so when I, so during the night, the Lord had given me a scripture. I'm gonna tell you what he said. Whether you all wanna hear it or not, I'm gonna tell it. <laughs> Now, when I tell you what the, what the title of this psalm is, you're going to know it's God. God told me, my times are in thy hand. Not in the doctor's hands, not in nobody's hands, but in my hands. So that gave me confirmation I was on the right road. So it's been about, it's been, it's been some months since I've taken any type of medication. I don't take no type of medication, period. And you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. And you know, sometimes the enemy will come to you and try to start something. You know, well, are you sure? And I was taking my blood pressure about every other day. And then... Same woman of God said to me, she was over to my house, and I said, oh, let me go take my blood pressure. Well, why are you doing that? You know, you said you wasn't going to, you know, take any more high blood sugar pills, but it was still some fear, you know, some fear. So when she said that, I really got convicted, and I have not taken, I have not gone and put the cuff on to see what my blood pressure is because if he said I'm healed whose report am I going to believe amen I'm gonna believe the report of the Lord so when he gave me that word I mean like my spirit man was jumping my times are in thy hand my times Lord are in your hand I'm not going nowhere till you tell me my time is up That was another experience. So, let's see. I want to make sure I, I don't want to miss anything. So, back to Michael. So, every morning, we have a prayer. Prayer on the phone. We start praying, this is seven days a week. We start at 6 a.m. every morning. 
we start off by thanking God, not asking him for anything, but thanking him for who he is. And then when we thank him, and then we might have testimonies or we might want to talk about what's going on in the nation, but we're on the prayer line. We call it the Thanksgiving line and prayer line. We could be on there for two plus hours, but it doesn't seem like that because there's so much encouragement. You know, sometimes a person needs encouragement. Sometimes a person needs prayer. Sometimes a person needs deliverance. You know, so we have been doing this for, for quite some months now, and it really has been a blessing. You know, like sometimes you don't feel like getting up. But once your eyes are open and stuff, then you feel charged. Because a lot of times, you know, you're tired and I'm busy. I'm walking around the house. We're praying and it's just so encouraging and it's a good way to start off your day. So getting back to Michael. So now this is just I'm trying to think how many weeks ago this was. Say about, let's say three weeks ago. And we're on the prayer line, prayer line, and we finished praying and everything. And I get a call from the same woman of God, glory be. And she says, um, you know, my son is in Manhattan in New York. And um, she says, you know what, Brother Ray. Now, Brother Ray is in New York, but Brother Ray sometimes come on the prayer line. And she said, let me find out where Brother Ray lives. And I gave her the address. I spoke to Michael's counselor and I gave, I got the address from him. Brother Ray is also a deliverance minister. Brother Ray is in walking distance from where Michael is staying. And I spoke to him, and um, the woman of God spoke to him, and he says, sure, I will go see Michael. So what I did, I sent him a picture of Michael. I had a picture of both my sons, and I sent him a picture. And he said, he said to me, you know, your, your son's face is kind of familiar. I think I've seen him in the area. So he had called me up. This was maybe about five days after we had that conversation. So he called me up. And he said, I was on my way to the store. And the store that he was going to was like right across the street from where Michael is. Michael is out on the street. Michael is doing what he's doing. But this day, he's walking to the store and he sees my son. I don't know whether Michael was sitting on the sidewalk. I don't know what. So he went up to him and said, hey, Michael. My name is Ray and I know your mother. So then he takes out his cell phone and he shows Michael the picture. See, I know your mother. Here's your picture here with Michael. I mean with Chris. So he looks up to him and he just smiles. 
It wasn't a long conversation, but it was like an introduction. So he said they hit, you know, bump fists or whatever, and that's what they did. And he says, Michael, I'm a, I'll, I'll be seeing you around. That did something to me. And I told Ray, I says, Ray, you know what? You might have been the guy in the dream that pulled Michael out from among them. I don't know, but God knows. You don't know. I'm, I am so excited. You see, when you're obedient, because I had not been here in two months. I said, I don't know whether they thought I left the church or what. I remember Joni called me up. Um, we haven't seen you at prayer. I said, I'm about my father's business. Didn't I tell you that? <laughs> so anyway, I was going to come to church. Let's see. I think the Sunday before that I came to see you. And I'm on my way because that morning I was laying in bed. I said, Lord, can I go to church? <laughs> and I heard, yes, go and hear what's going on. I'm driving down 20. You all know where Publix is on 2081. I go through the light. The Holy Spirit says, are you sure that was me that told you that? You know where I went? I went right over to Panera Bread. And I said, okay. I knew that was the Holy Spirit because God is telling me, no, I didn't tell you to go to church this morning. So I went over there. I was obedient, and I went over there. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. So I sat in Panera Bread a couple of hours, read, read my book, read my Bible. And during this, during this time, God would tell me to go to such and such a place. And he told me one day, he says, I want you to go to Panera Bread. He said, be there by 10 a.m. So I went and I got there. He says, there's a, there's a guy coming and I want you to speak to him. So I sat down in the booth, got my Madagascar vanilla latte, okay? <laughs> I looked at, I, look, I saw this guy coming, young guy. I saw this guy coming, it was like two minutes before 10. God said, that's him. I said, okay. So I got up, I was sitting in the booth, and he was sitting in the booth, and I said, I, got, I said, good morning. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? And he said, he kind of looked at me kind of strange. So I said, you know, I was home, and the Lord told me to get here by 10 o'clock, and I was going to see you, because God wanted me to tell you something. So I told him what he said. I mean, he didn't answer me. He was very, like, very laid back. Young guy, very laid back. And um, I told him, that's all I had to do. And I told him to be blessed. And I says, you know, to God loves you. And he wanted me to tell you that. I sat back down. I did what God told me to do. So, you know, you never know what happens afterwards. You know, you don't know. So that's what happened. So I didn't go to church that Sunday. 
went to Panera Bread, hung out at the Panera Bread. And um, let's see. So let me tell you, let me continue with Michael, okay? So this is, I have, I wrote down the date. And this was Sunday, October the 24th. 5.30 in the morning, and I wrote this down. This is what, in my spirit. And I heard the Lord say, it is time, my daughter, for him, Michael, to be set free and to preach my word, and he will be serious. You know when I knew it was the Lord? When he said he will be serious. Because Michael and I, we always like to joke, and Michael was always good-hearted and laughing and everything. So when he said he will be serious, I said, wow. Wow. I knew it was from God. So on the prayer line, this was Wednesday. Have the date down here, Wednesday, October 27th. So during the morning Thanksgiving and prayer call, I heard in my spirit that Michael will be on the call one day. But not only that, a confirmation came when one of the ladies, she had told me um, a couple of days before that she had been praying for Michael. But when I said that, she said, the Lord told me that too the other day when I was praying for Michael that he would one day come on the call because, you know, a long, long time ago, this had to be a couple of years ago, Michael said, you know, Ma, I would like to help those that are just like me. Michael has been out there. You know, the... Um, The guy that couldn't walk for 38 years was always by the pool of Bethesda and he could never get in. And that's how the, this woman of God told me, my friend said to me that she says, you know what? It's time for Michael to come out. He's been, he's been bound, I was just trying to read her words, he's been bound for too many years. So I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a miracle because that's what is needed. I'm expecting a miracle. Now I'm going to get to the part that I really, really want to get to. That's just some of the things that happened during this time. The part that I really, really want to get to is the dream I had on Monday, October the 18th of 2021, to be precise. And in that dream, I was in this church 
And the church had like columns in front of the church. And when you look out the front door, you see this big grass. It almost looked like a picnic area. Very nice, you know. And, um, and I had my car parked like over to the side. So I'm in inside the church again. And I'm standing like in the front of the church. And my heart, I started crying. And I'm going to show you. It's like I was standing here. I was standing here. And the children were all lined up. And I was crying. I said, look at the children. Look at the children. My heart was so filled and touched because the kids were lined up and they were about to sing. It was like a children's choir. And the kids were about to sing. But it's all about the children. So I turned around. And when I turned around, the church wasn't, say, about this many people was in the church. So I'm looking and I'm saying, and I didn't see these people come in. And I said, look at the children with the families. And I saw it pointing. I said, look at the children. I said, look at the children. I said, look at the children. And God said, I am the Lord thy God, which healeth thee. But I kept, it was all about the children. Nothing but the children. But I don't know where these people came from that brought these children, but they were there. And, and I, like I said, I was just pointing, look at the children, look at the children, look at the children. So when the Lord told me, I am the Lord thy God, which healeth thee. This is going to trip you all out. Now, in the dream, God told me that he was going to remind me of the dream when I woke up. He's telling me this in the dream. When you wake up, I'm going to remind you of the dream, and I'm going to remind you of what I said. And he said, I am the Lord thy God, which healeth thee. And he told me that in the dream. That kind of tripped me out. It's even tripping me out right now as I'm telling you all this, because that never happened to me. In the dream where God says, when you wake up, I'm going to remind you, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's why I said obedience is better than sacrifice. You got to obey what God tells you. So I got up and I read the scripture and it was Exodus 15 and he led me to verse 26. Now listen to this. Okay. Exodus 15, 
And the Lord said, no, 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 that's not it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Now, I want everybody to listen to this. This is for everybody. And said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give air to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. This is the key part. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Wow. Wow. So, I wasn't done. So then it was in my spirit to come over to the church because you know who that was for? Southside. That was for Pastor Herman. So I came over and I told him, I said I had a dream. I told him about all the testimonies and everything. But I felt that where I was, it wasn't, didn't look like Southside, but I knew it was Southside. I knew the kids was in Southside, okay? So when I came and I told Pastor Herman the dream, and he says, you know what? He told me that they had been talking about the elders and his vision was for the children. So this was like confirmation. I didn't know, but God knew. So he was smiling when I left. He said, you can come over anytime and give me a word. <laughs> so God, God is so good. Now, I have some other scriptures. One in particular I want to read because it's about, not only about the children, but about the fathers. And I know there's single parents here also, but it's for the parents. And it's Psalm 78. Okay. And what I'm going to read in Psalm 78 is verses 1 through 8. Now, this is, this is the extended scripture after I told Herman. There's more. But this is the one that the Lord impressed on me. And I'm going to read Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Key word, our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children 
which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not, hmm, be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. So in other words, that's kind of a warning because what we have to do as parents and as fathers tell what God has done in old and tell God some of your, tell the children some of your testimonies. They don't know what you might have been through. They don't know about your healings or with God that the hope and the belief that you had in God's words and God's, um, you know, what his word told you. Just like the Lord told me when I had cancer that I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Here I am declaring the works of the Lord. But, you know, the children are precious and we know what's happening today in this world. Very, very dark world. And you know what? I had to kind of chuckle to myself because I was supposed to speak November 7th, but you know what today is. Today is a very dark day in the world. You know, so I just thought it was fitting that I should um, share my dream because it involves the children. And we want the children to know truth. We want the children to know the real meaning of the world celebrating this dark and dreary day. They have to know the truth. We cannot be, we cannot, we live in the world, but we cannot be a part of the world. And we don't want our children to grow up ignorant and not knowing God's truth. You know, many times, you know, I can't go back. And once I became a daughter of the Most High God, and knowing that I would say, God, if I knew what I knew years ago, my children, glory to God, would be saved. Maybe they would not be going through, Michael would not be going, getting into drugs. And what he had a very promising career and life. College educated. When he was 19, he got promoted to be assistant art director because of what he majored in in college. My other son is doing fine. I call him Mr. Scientist. You know, and he um, was a research scientist. And um, now he's in finance. Cha-ching, cha-ching. But anyway, to God be the glory. But that's what, I, that's what I came here to share with you all. It's all about the kids. And let us not neglect what we're supposed to do as fathers and as mothers. Because this is the generation. You know, the world is becoming very dark. And I could go on and on, but that's, that's another time. But we have to be mindful of making sure that our children know 
the God who made heaven and earth, the only one true God who sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandy, very much.